0: From the CQ Roll Call newsroom in Washington, this is the Big Story Podcast, your nonpartisan news source for how Congress and the federal government shape the real world. I'm David Hawkins, senior editor at CQ Roll Call, and joining me in the studio today is Walter Shapiro, a roll call columnist and a lecturer in political science at Yale. The topic is a topic that uh, we're all fascinated by, the specter of Russia and its Relationship with the president and its relationship with last year's election is hanging over the White House day in and day out. But somehow that cloud uh, seems to be being held at bay by Congress. Why is that so? And will it ever change? Walter, do you agree? Congress seems to be insulated from this at the moment.
1: Yes. I mean, there's something meteorological about the whole thing, the way the clouds can only get about to about 12th Street in Washington when suddenly they are turned back by some invisible force. But seriously, what has impressed me, not impressed me, but startled me, is the fact that not a single... Despite noises about being gravely concerned, and I wouldn't have done that, not a single prominent Republican has explicitly and totally broken with the White House over all the Russia revelations. And the fact is that the people who are talking about this endlessly on Capitol Hill are almost to 100 percent either Democrats or reporters or, uh, and Republicans are fleeing from both.
0: Yeah. As I, as I said to a friend on the phone last night, I've never seen so many uh, Republican lawmakers uh, fake talking into their smartphones as they walk down the hall trying to avoid these questions or saying, oh, no, I'm not thinking about Russia. I'm thinking about health care as if that makes their lives easier. So I guess let's cut to the chase. Do you have a do you have a clear theory as to why no Republican is breaking with the president on this?
1: I spent a lot of time thinking about this and talking to Republican strategists and operatives. And I had uh, drinks with a prominent Republican strategist last week. And one of the things he told me is that while Republican polls for 2018 about party approval and uh, incumbents on the ballot are frightening to incumbent Republicans— The approval numbers of Democrats have also declined, and his theory is they have declined because Democrats are talking so much about Russia, and people are saying, what about my job? What about the economy? What about health care? What about my children's schools? And the sense is that, in his view, and I think this is a view reflected by many Republican members of Congress, that Russia is not playing with the voters, and the Democrats are making a political mistake in stressing it so much. You covered Watergate? Oh, I was a child runaway during a Ru- child Watergate. A child runaway
0: during Watergate? But you paid attention to Watergate, yes. as we all, I was the child runaway <laughs> sitting by the TV when I should have been out playing. Similar thing in the in the uh, at the start of Watergate that it took a while for the public to care about this?
1: Oh, in a column I did um, just this week for roll call, I went back. I actually spent about six hours going through databases for 1973 and 74 looking for key phrases like voters don't care and Watergate. Mm -hmm. And what I found were some interesting statements by Forgotten Republicans of the era like, oh, I don't know, picking a name at random, Barry Goldwater or Ronald Reagan, then the second term in his governorship of California, saying this is all confusing, uh, Reagan said, and voters don't follow confusion well. This is all smoke and mirrors. And I even found a right-wing columnist by the name of Ralph D. Toledano, who was a Richard Nixon friend for 25 years, wrote the column, which— shall we say, has not aged well historically. Uh, The tide is receding on Watergate now that the Senate hearings are over and Richard Nixon will go back to being the proven leader that he is, that the worst is over and Republicans can relax. A year later, uh, Richard Nixon was in his private Elba uh,
0: in San Clemente, California. And just to keep this discussion going a little bit longer, the Republican wall of support for the president, really remained viable until just a few weeks before... A month. I,
1: I mean, the fact is that while there was never an impeachment vote in the House, there was a vote to recommend impeachment by the House Judiciary Committee in the summer of 1974. And the vote was, as I recall, 22 to 7. But as I recall... Only six Republicans voted for impeachment. So even when we had a mountain of evidence from, um, from the Nixon tapes, still half the Republicans on the Judiciary Committee stuck with the president. And it was only the final smoking gun tape where it was clear that Nixon had ordered the CIA, as I recall, to quash the investigation into the break-in, that people like Barry Goldwater and the then Senate minority leader, Hugh Scott, came to the White House and said, Mr. President, can we help you pack?
0: So if past is prologue then, the Republicans will stick with President Trump on this Russia issue. And I I think we're safe in saying that the Russia issue broadly... Is the biggest thing threatening the Trump presidency and and threatening his credibility as the leader of the country?
1: I think it's the biggest thing, except the blithering incompetence of this administration should not be underestimated. The fact is that Donald Trump managed to convince absolutely no key senator to support him on health care. And that fact that he never held a health care rally, the fact that many of his tweets, such as calling uh, the Republican health care bill that passed the House mean a phrase that is going to be repeated endlessly in the twenty eighteen Democratic TV ads, meant that this is a president who is destroying his own party for reasons that are hard to understand
0: other than he was never a creature of the party do you think do you think that there is something can can one we don't want to be too speculative here but is there um are, are there signs that there will be a breaking point or what would be a sign of a breaking point
1: republicans will not have an out the moment there is something involving this whole involvement with russia that can be summarized in two sentences and is disturbing, that right now it is all a little too complicated. Um, And uh, Ronald Reagan was right. It's a little confusing, and voters don't like confusion. They
0: want to be able to synthesize this in one or two sentences. Yes.
1: Well, the fact is that there are many things that should have caused a major select committee to be... Uh, put together, like the Watergate Committee already, and the fact that while the Senate Intelligence Committee has held some interesting hearings, no one has the staff on Capitol Hill right now to mount a major investigation. And I find this to be shameful. And the fact is that just the torrent of lies from the Trump White House on all matters relating to Russia, just the Donald Trump Jr. meeting alone. I I stopped counting the revised statements and the omissions around seven or eight. The fact that Jared Kushner, uh, the president's son-in-law, forgot to mention 100 foreign contacts when he submitted his security clearance form. The fact that there are just so many unanswered questions and so many bizarre coincidences, like of all the people at the G20 meeting that Donald Trump decides to wander off and have a private chat with. Um, It it was not, shall we say, the prime minister of Denmark. It was Vladimir (laughs) Putin. And it was just too bad that the only other person in this discussion was not the American interpreter, but the Russian interpreter. This may be a benign coincidence that maybe they wanted to uh, collectively uh, reminisce about the good old days when they were swinging bachelors in their respective cities, but the point was that it was Putin and Trump who wandered off together in the same way. It should not have been lost on Capitol Hill. When um, the Russian ambassador, the ambassador that everyone in the Trump orbit forgets they ever met with, was in the Oval Office uh, with a visiting foreign minister who rarely, from other nations who rarely gets a presidential visit, Donald Trump just felt compelled to brag about his hot new Israeli intelligence, thereby convincing the Israelis that anything they tell the White House will end up in Russian hands who will immediately tell the Iranians. So, I mean, these are just—each one taken as themselves is a coincidence, but, boy, are we down a, a long, long string of coincidences.
0: And the, the Republicans on the Hill, obviously, they, they know this story. They're listening. They're not—even though they might be uh, talking into non-turned-on cell phones, they're probably spending some time staying up on this news. They're probably not hiding from it. Uh, in private, they're, they're aware of this string of unusual behavior with the Russians. Trump or no Trump, there seems to be no castigation of uh, our being too close with a country that is so palpably an adversary.
1: Well, I mean, the phrase Faustian bargain has to be meant mentioned at least one, during once during this podcast because to some extent congressional Republicans – who know better, have made their own bargain with Trump in the White House. This is a man who will get us Justice Gorsuch on the Supreme Court. This is a man who will probably get us tax cuts. And I'm sufficiently unpopular myself that I'm aware that among the base in my congressional district, 85% of of Republican voters still approve of this president. So I'm treading very, very warily. The other thing is that voters while they don't like russia and even low information voters are well aware of something called the cold war even though it gets a little vague the fact is that russia is not seen as a visceral threat bloomberg came out with a poll just last week that said 55 percent of americans think it is quite realistic that the North Koreans will launch a nuclear attack on the West Coast in the next few years. I find that an hysterical reading, but there is nothing surrounding Russia that would get that level of worry. It's a level of concern. It's a level of the uh, Russian involvement in the election. While ironclad clear to the intelligence services of this country, although not the president, it was like the WikiLeaks um, hacking of the Democratic National Committee rather than a overt attack where Russian soldiers are suddenly outside your ballot polling place saying, you are going to vote Republican, aren't you? So in that sense, Russia is a threat but not a visceral threat, and I think that gets a lot of me- Republican members in Congress off the hook.
0: Oh, off the hook because their constituents— Don't view it as an existential threat the way they do ISIS, and or or even a threat the way they view the potential threats to the economy. Yes. To circle back to history one more time, Walter, was there a point at which public polling showed that the country had tuned into Watergate and was turning on and was telling Congress Republicans and Democrats alike? you know, do something about this.
1: Well, for the first time it was was during the televised Watergate hearings in May and June of um, 1973. We, this is the point where Sam Irvin, a segregationist, North Carolina senator, became a liberal hero as the chairman of the Irvin Committee. And this was the point when Howard Baker, an up-and-coming Republican in the Senate, soon to be the Republican minority leader, had his signature question, what did the president know and when did the president know it? And while that was originally started out in Baker's mind as a way of insulating the president from all these horrible things that his underlings were doing on their own initiative, it quickly became a standard of evidence of why Richard Nixon should have been and would have been impeached. And as a result, this was great TV drama, not Donald Trump tweet TV drama, but TV drama that the country just watched with rapt fascination in a way that nothing had riveted the country in 20 years in politics, on television, in the same way. This ratcheted up interest in Watergate, but then it died down a little. The problem is, and it's hard to remember in an age of Donald Trump that not all of politics is at a high decibel level for day after day after day after day. People actually exhale and remember to do the dishes, do the laundry, and pick up their children at daycare.
0: So this summer, at least as you and I are talking, there is there there have been a couple of days of hearings. We had we had Mr. Comey of the FBI Made a lot of headlines. Jeff Sessions, one day of hearings. Now it seems as though there is going to be no public spectacle for the foreseeable future, while Robert Mueller, the special prosecutor, does his work totally behind closed doors. So there'll be sort of a, a void, in, in essence, where Congress won't, won't be active and won't be asking questions, and the president will have only, will sort of have the podium to himself and his people to defend um, with some inconsistency what they've been doing.
1: In theory, yes. But if you've noticed, we have not gone a week without another Russia revelation. Uh, uh, And the fact is that there are still mysterious things that we don't know about and they should not be forgotten. And I'm sure Republicans on the Hill remember them, such as the president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, now on the White House staff, who inquired of the Russians, according to news reports, during the presidential transition, can I have a secure line to Moscow using Russian communications equipment? This is not, shall we say, a normal way you do a back channel. You do not go and say, can I come to the Russian embassy and make phone calls uh, to Moscow, then nobody will be over here, or whatever he meant by that. And there are just so many things out there that while the phrase quiet period and the Donald Trump administration may be oxymorons, (laughs) that we may never have two quiet days as long as Donald Trump is in the White House.
0: You're almost certainly right. So we will probably be back in the studio talking about other turns of the screw as the as the summer turns into fall. Uh, The story is not going away. No matter what the president does, it will not it will not disappear. Um, The momentum seems to be going only one way, which is sort of against his version of events. So until the next time we talk about this, I will thank you, Walter Shapiro of uh, the political science department at Yale when he's not writing for CQ Roll Call.
1: David, thank you for having me. I just want to add one final sentence. Republicans in Congress can run, but ultimately they can't hide.
0: I'm David Hawkins, the senior editor of CQ Roll Call. This has been the Big Story Podcast, and you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or NPR One.